0: Into Uncommon Women, a podcast that provides a platform for women of all walks of life to share their upbringings, life lessons learned, experiences and journeys to come. Uncommon Women speaks on topics that can relate to all women. We share, we listen, we laugh, we cry, and we empower each other to be the best uncommon woman that they can be. Ultimately, we are cultivating a global movement of women supporting women. Women supporting entrepreneurship, relationships, self-love, and so much more. We inspire each other to make an impact on this world for the better. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Uncommon Women. Now, finally, grab a seat, get comfortable, and hear from your wonderful hosts, Shanira and Jenny Lee. Thank you, kings and queens, for tuning in to Uncommon Women. I'm Shanira
1: And I'm Jenny Lee.
0: And today we have an amazing guest speaker that's going to come on by the name of Rachel Brownstein. Uh, She talks openly about her experience working in the sex industry and the hope of educating people about the reality of sex work and displaying many of the misconceptions people have um, in that industry. Uh, So before we get into today's topic, uh, Jenny Lee is going to open us up with a bio in regards to Rachel.
1: Rachel Brownstein is a public speaker in the face of YouTube vegan cooking channel, Auntie Rachel's Chaotic Kitchen. Rachel loves to speak openly about her experience working in the sex industry and educating and also in the reality of uh, giving others uh, the reality of sex work and the misconceptions people have.
0: So thank you, Rachel, so much for tuning in with us on Uncommon Women. Uh, Before we get into today's detail, can you tell us a little bit about your life and how was it growing up?
2: It was good. It was kind of a very normal life, very loving household, full of encouragement and positivity. Yeah. Very typical, I suppose. (laughs) That's
0: awesome. So let's get into the good gems for today's episode. (laughs) Let's go ahead and speak into um, your experience in working in the sex industry.
2: Sure. So I was working in restaurants, minimum wage and getting work to the bone and paid peanuts and thought there has to be something, a better way of, of going about this, but with a minimal level of education on paper, uh, you're kind of limited on your earning potential. So my mind went to sex work. Uh, So I started, down. uh, no, I did escorting first. So in call prostitution, for for Mm -hmm. want of a better phrase. Um, And it was fine. It was very unremarkable, um, which is odd when I reflect back on it. But we're going back some, what, 20 years almost, maybe 23, 24 years, something, no, 18, sorry, 17, 18 years. Um, but th- there wasn't enough work to get me out of the restaurants, which is what my whole plan had been, my whole game plan. Right. Uh, so I started lap dancing. From there, I went to nude modelling, and then from there got scouted by uh, like a porn mag, got taken to London uh, for a shoot. Met the, the photographer was friends with the porn director and said, if you ever want to, to do films, let me know, and I'll I'll hook the two of you up. And I thought, well, I've done the escorting already, and didn't hate myself afterwards. So mm. yeah, let's try it, see what happens. Uh, so I did, and <laughs> I got paid on my first ever shoot. Got handed a stack of fifty-pound notes, which is the highest denomination in, in British money, uh, and had had an amazing weekend, just a lot of fun, laughter, uh, just feeling very comfortable and taken care of in many ways. And just thought, yeah, this is something I want more of, and you know, it was the equivalent of, I think, like a week's wages at the time for two days work. So yeah, that uh, that, that suits me quite, quite well for now. Uh, and then because I was born in the States, I can work over in America, whereas a lot of British girls can't because you need certain types of ID. Mm-hmm. So I started flying out to LA, spending like a month or two out there coming home for a few months and just traveling, commuting <laughs> trans globally. Uh, yeah. And it had, I had, I've, I had fun, but I had more importantly, I had freedom and choice and kind of control over my own life. Uh, and in the last couple of years, it's it's turned out that I've got something called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which is a whole, it's a systemic medical disorder that affects everything, but causes a lot of joint pain, chronic fatigue, breathing problems, gastric problems, mental health problems. And it I kind of realised that this whole time i was trying to fit into nine to five jobs or hospitality jobs and i was trying to do it in a body that couldn't physically take it so well whereas the sex work if i was feeling almost swore, if i was feeling unwell on a particular day i could easily say right well i'm not going to work if i if it came down to that so it just fit my lifestyle so much easier you know, and I got to to meet different people from all different works of life walks of life who all had very different reasons for being in the industry. You know, you meet people who are writing a, a sociology paper, someone wanted to start their own business, someone just wanted to have sex, somebody else wanted to earn money, and it, that was my motivation, was the money really. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get to see all these amazing locations, travel the world. Um, yeah. <laughs> so on the you know, on there were many positives to it. And, you know, there's also negatives that go with that. But I think a lot of the negatives started coming afterwards once I decided to leave the industry and retire and just go back to being Rachel. That's when the issues with people tracking me down online, doxing, uh, you know, and making playlists on YouTube with my stage name and my real name. So, Mm. you know, and I'm an actor as well. So anytime you try and search for me, you will quickly find the porn, and it's it, it's as if fans don't want you to climb outside of the box that they've put you in. It's like, no, get mm. get back in that box, right. you little whore. Uh, and they get they get so mad that you don't that you're not that person. You know, I've had I've had Facebook messages that would be if you put it end to end would be several meters long of just guys trying to start a conversation but using my stage name. It's like, but you're sending a message to the profile of Rachel Brownstein. So why do you then, who do you think you are to address me as my character? I'm a human being. So that's sort of led me then on to wanting to speak more openly about it because I've been fired twice because customers or, or what have you have recognised me and the company didn't want, you know, bringing the company name into disrepute. And it's completely legal for that to happen. Uh, And my view is if you want people to leave sex work, you have to then protect them because they're just going to keep ending up back in sex work if they cannot, you know, if, if I get sacked as a waitress because a customer, you know, so it's like, it's okay for men to masturbate, but not for women to generate the income. And that to me just is just hypocrisy at its highest order. So I'm hoping that by, by speaking out and, Trying to humanize and just remind people that it's entertainment, that it's a it's a very fantasy world, and that the people that are doing these acts on film are still human beings, and we still have we still have the same requirement of resources. I need to be able to earn rent to put you know to house myself, to feed myself, and if you're preventing me from working, what do you think is going to happen? You know, and it's it happens to so many people. You know. I know of someone who was training to be a paramedic, got recognised, got booted off the course. Mm. And it's primary school teachers. It's just, you know, the society wants to, to paint us with this brush and, and brand us for the rest of our lives because we dared to do something outside of the mainstream. And that's mm. what brought me to Uncommon Women. Mm.
0: Thank you for sharing that. That's um, very powerful. I think a lot of people focus so much on everyone's past, and it's like mm-hmm. you know, even if you move past your past, someone's always trying to trigger you or speak on things that you're you're no longer are, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can diminish your emotions and your feelings in regards to moving forward. So uh, we appreciate you having the courage to come on and share about this, as I'm sure a lot of people has judged you. So this is something that may be hard for you. I'm not sure. <laughs> but it's,
2: a, it's, it's always a terrifying prospect. Uh, and I did a an interview of a few months ago. It would have been now, and up to that date, I hadn't ever men, made mention of, of porn on any of my social media. And I thought, right, well, I've done this interview, and I'm going to be promoting it. And there are people on my accounts that don't know, so I'm going to, so I kind of outed myself. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was expecting a, a heck of a backlash, and uh, you know, I was kind of catastrophizing what was going to happen. And instead, I got an outpouring of, of love, and just sat in tears just reading messages from fans or just from from friends just saying you know what you're doing is brave and it, it's inspiring that you're trying to make a difference in the world and that is don't it's get me wrong needed. I'd love to earn an income from it <laughs> but, you know to be able to, <laughs> to 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 generate an income for myself at the same time as providing knowledge and wisdom to other people that's quite a powerful feeling for me it, it that kind of thing fires me up and
0: it's needed. Me. it definitely is needed you know So, viewers, if you guys have any questions for her as well, you're more than welcome to drop it in the comments. And as we um, finish our questions, we'll be more than happy to uh, get to your questions as well. I love
1: that, how you didn't allow it to dictate it, to dictate you or your life, you know, even though, you know, you were being judged and you just kept going. That's the fire in you.
2: Yeah. uh, You know, the only kind of the only options I saw were just take it on the chin and deal with it or cut yourself mm-hmm. off social media. And because mm-hmm. I'm an actor, I can't not have a social media. So I was like, right, well, I've just got to mm-hmm. to keep powering through it and just, you know, don't let them see you cry and, and don't let them realise that that feeling of dread in the pit of your stomach when so-and-so wants to send you a message. Like, oh, God, mm-hmm. what's this one going to say, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But now I've kind of flipped it And now that I'm being open I can start Mm -hmm. posting all of these things Like all the Instagram messages I get I start posting them to Twitter without redaction Mm -hmm. Don't cross me Because I will expose you
0: That's right She's going to expose you Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can you speak
1: on the reality Of porn Versus real life intimacy and relationships
2: I, it, I mean, the two things are just. Well, I don't want. Well, maybe diametrically opposed. Mm-hmm. One is so manufactured, and the other one should be completely natural and moment to moment. Whereas porn has to be engineered almost because you've got a camera crew, mm-hmm. and you know. I should say I retired about eleven years ago, so I'm sure there's been differences and advancements in the way films yeah. are, are made and when i first started it was more dvd you've got a bigger crew and then it started with the internet sites it would be more gonzo so it's the one guy with a camera kind of thing Mm so you know my knowledge is somewhat outdated but so you've got you know 12 people (laughs) standing around while you're having sex or looking at the watches wow and we're in la can't have the air conditioning on because it messes up the mic so and it's like 45 uh what i don't know what it is in fahrenheit so like it's 100 degrees inside and you're you're caked in makeup but you still got to look sexy (laughs) it's like I just want to sit in the fridge (laughs) and it's you know And then you have these conversations before the the shoot and you show each other your your STI and HIV tests and you say what do you like what don't you like what should I you know okay well don't touch my nipples okay well you can squeeze my testicles really hard but if I squeeze your shoulder let go because it's too much you know so you're having these very upfront and frank, direct conversations. Whereas, you know, intimacy is much more, I don't know, you get that instinct with a partner, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you you learn, you develop your own language together or you're, you understand the meaning in each other's meaningful glances and you don't have to pretend, it should just be natural. Whereas the film is, mm-hmm. yeah, it's no more real than... I don't know, Harry Potter is an honest depiction of a high school, you know, it's, it's, it's very amplified and because we don't want real life, you know, that's same right. with television, even reality TV, that's very scripted and very ed- heavily edited to make it look as if certain things have happened when nothing like that ever did happen. So it's, we, yeah, it's entertainment <laughs> and, uh, you know, I guess it just inherently has differences, but even though it's, you're doing the same physical act, mm-hmm. the motivations and the, the desires behind it. You know, I'm I'm moaning because I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna pay my taxes today. same. <laughs> you know, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. So it's just it's it's different, even though you're you the viewers hopefully never see that because if you're doing a good job, you're pulling them into the fantasy and you're ma- making them believe what you're selling. Mm.
0: And wow. in, in the moment of recording, do you does your mind race? Is there things that's going through your mind? It's like I can't wait until this is over. Or are you able to actually enjoy it when you're in the midst of it?
2: It's so varied, you know. And it's a again, it's a job. So it's the same as any other job I've had. Like there are days that are amazing, and you also as a, a waiter, I'd have great days where I've got fantastic customers that you have. You know, great rapport with. And then there are other times when they're saying they're allergic to salt. <laughs> and, you know, you just have these awful days. So it's very mm-hmm. much the same in porn And sometimes you have a real connection with your screen partner. And then other times it's like, oh, I'm really going to earn this money today. <laughs> I'm going to have to dig deep and <laughs> really pull this one out of the bag, which I guess is what makes me a good actor. <laughs> it's, it's about, you know, getting past the revulsion and, you know, I quickly understood that it's porn, not prom. So it it, it doesn't matter if you're attracted to the person, you've got to pretend, you've got to sell it that you are, but then it makes it even better when you are attracted to them. And there is that natural chemistry. You can see that on screen, I I think.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. You spoke a lot about, you know, jobs and how you've been let go and um, your jobs based off you know, your career. Uh, does any of your family or friends ever judge you based on your past as well? Or why are were in the process of doing it?
2: Um, no, I think the friends at the time were just kind of like, well, that's a crazy thing to do, but all right. <laughs> like it was just and then they'd enjoy the, the mad stories I'd come home with. Um, you know, parents didn't like it, which is understandable. And totally fair enough really um yeah and and now in later life if there is any judgment i tend to cut those people out of my life because you know i'm 41 and i don't have time for the toxicity and i don't have time Mm. for people assigning these values to me that don't belong to me you know that's your own preconceptions and that's your moral values but i you know i pay my bills i i give charitably when i can i'm a good person i will listen to right. you i will help you you know uh i'm very open and quite non-judgmental in a way that i think a lot of people have spoken to anyway and especially men they say i feel able to talk to you about things that i've never really discussed before you just you seem to provide somehow this safe environment and i won't i don't feel like i'm i'm going to be struck down or you know there's not going to be this backlash or judgment or any of these things that i guess particularly men are made to feel you've got to keep all of your emotions inside because otherwise you're weak Mm -hmm. there's there's that so it's you know it it, it, it's interesting and staggering and equal parts that people make these judgments about me about sex workers as a as a wider whole um if they were just bad, terrible people that were all broken and abused and abusive and it's like, okay, there is that. There are people like that, but name me an industry that doesn't have its abusers and doesn't have its damaged people and its exploited people. You know, it's that's capitalism, unfortunately.
1: Mm, okay. Um, as being a porn star or porn star what what type of things did you experience or go through?
2: Um, so it becomes after a time, it just becomes very normal, and kind of the things that you know, I'd I'd come back from the states and I'd catch up with friends, and they'd just be the. Jaws would drop open. But it to me, it just became very run-of-the-mill. And it's like, well, I just went to work. So things start losing importance and then memories get a bit blurry. Um, I mean, I remember one of the most memorable experiences in porn, uh, we went out to shoot in the Florida Everglades and we were staying in this uh, compound of a guy who bred animals for Hollywood. Uh, and I'd finished my scene, had shot a couple of scenes during the day, I'd had uh, an anal sex scene, so I was finally getting to eat for the first time in 24 hours, uh, eating a pizza. And this guy was like, Do you want to see something really cool? And brought me two baby marmoset monkeys, <laughs> just holding these monkeys, like, Oh, wow. You know, so it's, it's just everything is very heightened and surreal in many ways. But at the same time, it's, it's not because it's a very primal physical thing that you're doing. you're very kind of in touch with your body and you know you've got to be so careful of not hurting yourself in many ways so you know you've got to you've got to listen to uh you know is the okay this guy keeps hitting my uterus and I have to film the next five days in a row so I need to do something about this I need to change the angle I need to change the curve of my back so it's not hitting so much Mm -hmm. So you've got all these you've got to be so mindful of what's going on internally and yeah and you just kind of but then uh, i i fell in love with the performance i think and you know i'd get people writing to me saying i just love the energy that you bring and to provide escapism for somebody is quite a nice thing. I like that, and that's the same with the cooking videos. You know, I've had mm-hmm. fans who have followed me from porn to cooking. They <laughs> what, you know, watching you in the kitchen just calms me down so much. <laughs> I just sit and watch your videos, and I'm, you're so relaxing. I'm like, that mm-hmm. is an amazing thing to hear. You know, just to be able to, especially in the middle of a to connect a, with a them pandemic. too,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, you
2: know, in the middle of a pandemic where the world has gone insane. And there's just flaming dung heaps everywhere, everywhere you, you look, <laughs> to be able to just provide this little chink of brightness or calm or quiet, just to do that for somebody else. Uh, I find it very fulfilling. Mm.
0: What has the adult film industry taught you about sex?
2: We're all very weird about it. <laughs> And it, I don't know if we necessarily should be. I think centuries, millennia even, of societal conditioning has a lot to answer for. You know, we've women's bodies have been controlled. Our sexuality has been suppressed. Um, and, it, yeah, it's, it has taught me to be just to be in touch with myself and make sure I get my own needs met, you know, and, and not to perform for my, my partner's you know, and if they're doing something that doesn't feel great, it's like say something or just mm-hmm. you know gently, hey, do this instead. Um, and to have to have conversations and be open and what do you what are you what do you like? What are you into? And, mm-hmm. and you know that kind of thing. And and just yeah, just being more open and thinking more laterally about the world mm-hmm. as a whole, not just about sex, but just about many things and people's motivations for doing things are so different and varied and that's what's beautiful about the humans you know we've got such different stories and different things that fire us up let's stop trying to be the same as each other and let's stop controlling other people's bodies like just do what is good for you as long as you know as long as safety is a concern as long as everyone's being respected and within their own boundaries and no one's stepping outside of boundaries let's just leave other people's bodies and uteruses especially alone <laughs>
0: <laughs> i like that
1: um so what are the most uh damaging misconceptions about sex work
2: uh the, the, the we're all stupid um yeah. you know i've had a lot of people say oh my oh wow you just you're a lot more intelligent than I thought you would be wow <laughs> that's not the compliment you think it is but okay um that we're all abuse victims oh beyond only only, only y- you must have been beaten or raped or something in your in your childhood that's why you're doing this because only a damaged person would would do this um mm-hmm. and I think that, that's one that it, it strips away autonomy I think when mm-hmm. you start framing people as victims it, it, you know, it's like, no, I made a, a decision to do this and to follow this path, and it was a business decision. I was mm. an entrepreneur who marketed my sexuality and access to my sexuality as a my projected sexuality. That's why I had a stage name. It was just a character I created who would just do these insane things on camera but then go home and play Guitar Hero. You know, mm. it's, just, it's just an illusion, really. Uh, and I think... One that's quite common is uh and I can't comment on for women, but for men I would find you'd go on dates and they'd find out what I did for a living. And then it was an automatic assumption that we'd have sex. <laughs> like wow. why would you think that? It's like, well, because you're a sex worker. I'm like, oh, so you're gonna pay me. And, <laughs> right. oh, yeah, I misunderstood. I do beg your pardon. <laughs> Where should I send my invoice? You know, it's it's and and then I, I suppose as well, like having male friends and then their partners being really uncomfortable assuming we we're going to have sex because I was a, and I'm like I don't want him and if I did I would, would have had him years ago <laughs> I, I, you know st- stop <laughs> stop thinking I'm a threat just because you know
0: just mm-hmm. because I have
2: sex for money doesn't mean I want your man no.
0: Hmm. Speaking on that has that um, impacted your relationships with men and dating is it something that you you know, tell someone if you're like getting serious or is it just something that you don't or just pops up, you know, like how does that typically go?
2: So when I was in the industry, I mean, I didn't have a relationship for 12 years, partly because I was traveling so much and it's hard to have anything serious really when you're spending so much time away. Um, And yeah, it's it's just that, that kind of, the conversation has to come out because, I never wanted to to not tell somebody, and then them go looking for something to, you know, five knuckles shuffle to, um, mm-hmm. and then suddenly it's oh that's my girlfriend. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I don't, I just don't think that's a very fair thing to do to somebody mm-hmm. who, yeah, who
0: you
2: have feelings for. I think that's a, a little right. bit. you know, I understand people's motivations for doing it. So I I wouldn't, you know, I try not to to be judgmental on that. But for me personally, it's an action that I couldn't, I wouldn't really want to do. So I was always very upfront. And a lot of them would say, Oh, yeah, no, I could never go out with you. Because what would I tell my friends? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wow. Okay. All right. So fine. Um, And then recently, more recently, in the last couple of years or so, because it's, become more of my life part of my life again speaking about it and, and writing my book it's on the forefront of my mind so i'm like do you know what i'm just gonna f- probably first date tell them because i don't want to spend time with this person and then mm-hmm. waste it because my mm-hmm. my time and my energy is so so very precious to me at the moment that i don't want to waste it on mediocre men that can't handle my truth
1: mm. okay i like that that's good that yeah, is yeah I like that. Can you uh, assist or help uh, or help us um, educate the young adults on the differences between relationship intimacy and porn?
2: Yeah I, so I touched on it briefly you know that porn is um, it's just not real life it, and I know it is it looks real but it's not you put a camera in front of anything Uh, Like with my YouTube channel. So I try and show everything. I try not to hide too much of my mistakes because I think people will learn better by, oh, I see when she made that mistake and she fixed it by doing this. I think that can be helpful for people. But even then, you know, you still, my, the video I edited today was two and a half hours long and I've got that down to 25 minutes. And that still will go through multiple iterations of editing. So probably 15, 20 minutes. So, in applying that to porn, you know, you you can be filming. I think the longest I ever spent on set was 13 hours, and I was having sex for seven of those. Wow, I mean, it's physically punishing. You know, it's 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 a lot. Uh, so it's you're seeing a very um, polished in many ways, even if it's kind of rough gonzo style. It's still cut and you run through processes, and it's had lots of tweaks and all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. added to it. So, trying to expect that in your own bedroom is just unrealistic, I think. And I don't necessarily know if we should be wanting that kind of thing. And do you do you need to be having sex in a pile driver position because it's not pleasurable for the woman? It, you're running the risk of breaking your neck, um, and it's hot and sweaty and unnecessary. So maybe let's not do that and just leave it to the to the pros, you know. And mm-hmm. think of think of film stars more of <clears throat> excuse me, more like athletes, maybe, yeah. you know, it's kind of, they're at the pinnacle of that act and it's, and it's fine. They can do it at that level and just, you just enjoy it. And if, but don't expect that same level of um, physical appearance, you know, men and women, because obviously the it's such a physical job that you have to be physically fit okay. a lot of the time, especially for the men, you know, they have to be, quite athletic to be able to do all the lifting um so and also the level of um grooming you know so Mm. girls to be perfectly made up Mm -hmm. It's like well there was a makeup artist who would come in every 15 minutes and touch things up okay so Mm -hmm. your girl's gonna get sweaty if you're doing a good job love and you should love it you know you shouldn't be like oh that's disgusting you should be like i I made a sweat that's amazing (laughs) You know, because <laughs> that's when you know you're doing it right mm-hmm. so yeah and then uh, again taking those perhaps the the consent conversations that happen before a scene maybe that needs to be more adopted widely uh, amongst mm-hmm. couples whether that's a long-term thing or even just a one-night stand or a, a friends with benefit kind of relationship let's just start speaking a bit more frankly with each other and mm-hmm. surely then I think the sex will get better because you've got that communication mm-hmm. and you know both the okay. enjoyment of each other, you know, and it's not quite as performative or, you know, just masturbating inside a wet, warm hole, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. more of a, you know, I think for me, sex is better when everything's engaged and everything's kind of fired up rather than it just being a physical thing. Mm,
0: okay. Okay. So it's staged people. Don't try a lot of the stuff. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, like expecting anal sex and and then being horrified that there's feces. <laughs> like, what do you think is going to happen if you put something in something that's meant? Other things are meant to come right. out of. Like, right? it's not.
0: <laughs> it's just All the are cut out, which people don't know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Not,
2: and they don't see the. So for me if I had say my call time was 9am for an anal scene, I would stop eating at seven o'clock the night before. And then I would take too many Imodium in the morning. And then I'd spend an hour cleaning my bowels with several enema bags. You know, there is a lot of prep and then you you know you've got wow. to stretch and everything before the scene. Otherwise you it hurts. So you've got to oh, it takes wow. a lot of work to do these things that just look oh effortlessly I'll just stick that in there. and That's <laughs> fine.
1: Oh, that's wow. how it
2: happens. Right. <laughs> you wow. know, so it's it's just it's an illusion and it's it's man it's a confection. It's mm-hmm. a, you know, and um <laughs> yeah, so it's just yeah, let's stop stop being so um I don't know ridiculous with each other <laughs> let's just be let's have more fun and playfulness and and respect and just respect and like passion them. for each other mm-hmm. yes. I think. and i think you know i in my experience sex has always been better when when there's a meeting of minds as well as a clashing of bodies
1: hmm. yeah. how do i
0: one of the viewers has um, asked a question, and they said, "How do you stay so strong?" Um,
2: <laughs> uh, belligerence, um, therapy, um, video games. <laughs> like, and I'm being slightly facetious, but yeah, it, it's, yeah, things have gotten rough over over the years, and I've had some really bad depressive episodes kind of kicked Mm. off by one thing or another like when I was I never fully made the decision to leave the industry it just happened that I hadn't been to LA in months but it kind of triggered a depression in that where am I going to earn this amount of money from uh without a qualification and I education never really suited me wonderfully well so it it brings not not an existential crisis but there is this like what am I going to do how am I going to cope with this how am i going to manage life again mm-hmm. as a civilian it, it, it's it, it's a bit jarring to have to you know and then you're you walk into a restaurant you know you finally get yourself a normal job and then everyone's staring at you and like oh my god that's the porn star i was telling you about you know yeah. it's like an, I, i've got yeah. to prepare for all of this again and yeah it's but having i guess resilience and that maybe that's come age. I don't know if that's something that's I've just picked up along the way, um, and kind of thought, don't let the get you know grind you down. <laughs> you just right. got keep keep pushing yeah. past it and and see, find a, a goal or a target or a motivation, something to to work towards and to to keep an eye. You know, when everything's pulling you back, just right. keep looking ahead.
1: You mentioned earlier um, when you said how you couldn't, because since you're an actor, you couldn't stay away from social media. You can't, Mm -hmm. did you, like, did it ever cross your mind to just, like, just hide away from everything at one point?
2: Yeah, yeah, I had the, like, is this something I need to do in order to get peace and to be left Mm -hmm. alone? I just... (laughs) You know, I don't want to be driven into hiding by idiots.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: it's, I just don't want to allow somebody to have that much impact. When they, they're just, you know, if their life, if their sole joy in life is to make other people's miserable, other people's lives miserable, I well, that's, that's on them, mm-hmm. you know. And as long as I can hold my head up and, and keep pushing through and moving forward and doing the things I want to do and controlling things in the way i want to do them yeah it, you've got to just it's hard though but you do have to just ignore the haters and mm, just right. kind of mm-hmm. try and maybe empathize a little bit or sympathize like these people are clearly they've had something going off in their lives they, they feel less than or inferior or mm. you know, there's something going on to create this level of bile within them it's not easy mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a lot of the time you just want to rage tweet and
0: mm-hmm. and go back and forth like you don't know me, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah.
2: But it's yeah. I think I-, I guess that's a sign I'm growing up because I'm deleting them and just <laughs> moving like, on. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm an adult now.
1: Yeah, that's too much energy to be putting in that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Too much energy to be putting in that. I right. just, uh, you just cut cut them off. There you go. Right, yeah. right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you have your vegan channel, which is vegan. amazing. Um, I, but I'm sure it's amazing. <laughs> so where does your, where does your inspiration come from? Is it from cooking or is it from video games? I see you like video games. Is it, yeah. where your inspiration come from?
2: <laughs> so I went vegan three, just over three years ago. Uh, and before that, I've always been a bit of a chuck a load of stuff in a pot and see what happens. Like I'm I'm that kind of cook. Uh, and mom told me a few months ago that as a kid there was this cake that i used to like making and i made it like this really complex james beard sponge you have to like separate eggs and stuff and she said you yeah it's the first thing you ever baked on your own and even then you were trying different ingredients you were substituting things in the recipe Mm -hmm. so i guess i have always had this thing there but then when I removed animal products from my diet, suddenly I was on this quest to find textures and flavors that was missing from meat because I loved yeah. meat, you know, and I love butter and I love eggs and ah, <laughs> love it. <laughs> but I just I hit that point and I was like, I can't justify this anymore, knowing what's happening, mm-hmm. but, you know, and I'm paying money into this industry that's just. I can't justify it to myself and I feel really uncomfortable with myself after doing it. So, okay, what i am going to do? I was like, well, I'll make a pie out of a sweet potato and (laughs) make some fudge out of a sweet potato. And, yeah, so I just – sometimes it's as simple as I'll go in the cupboard for something and something else will fall out (laughs) at my head. I'm like, oh, that might work. (laughs) okay. Or, yeah, I kind of tried – I made apple butter for the first time. It's not really – a okay. thing in the uk but i think I'd, I'd had it in the states years ago and so i made that and then that then started sparking off ideas so yeah i've just been trying all these different fruit butters and then okay what can i make to go with the butter <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> reverse engineer it <laughs> um and then the other day i made like a grapefruit hot and sour stir fry sauce and that was just because i was like oh, oh, yeah. I a stir fry sauce mm-hmm. how can i make and i love grapefruit and like, oh okay and it just i'm quite playful I think with food and because exactly. I at least have a, a slightly um, you know I'm, I'm a, I could get I've gotten to grips with a lot of ingredients and pretend mm. you know that oh, that's the property of that so if I need something to thicken oh I can go you know and I have that kind of knowledge so it's it, it, yeah it's it's provided a good baseline of a fun and mad idea you know I'll sit up in bed at 2am like oh my god I know what I'm gonna do <laughs> <laughs> and then what will I do <laughs> I'm really excited about it and it just it fires me up and I think it as you know I started it in the in October so mid pandemic and I'd started cooking as a way of coping with what was going on because we were in full mm. lockdown in the UK okay I leave your house uh and it just got Oh, it became a lot to deal with psychologically and seeing these, the death toll rising and what was happening in in the world it was so dark and distressing and seeing what the doctors and nurses were having to deal with and on all healthcare workers what they were being put through on a date you know it's, it just gets a lot so I started cooking <laughs> it's just I was like right I need something to focus my attention and it became I think It was like an outlet that I could Mm. control. So it was like, I decide what's going to happen. I decide what's going in this bowl. I decide what temperature is going in the oven. Nobody Mm -hmm. else has a say in this. It's Mm -hmm. all me. And then, you know, I take pictures and put on social media and friends. Like, why do you have a YouTube channel? It's like, why Mm -hmm. don't I have a YouTube channel? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Mm, All right. So, yeah, it's kind of become this whole thing that, I don't know without the pandemic I don't know if it would have happened um so it's, it's funny how these things turn out but, you know it's, I get you know it's mostly mostly guys that interact on in the comments on YouTube and they're like oh you know I'm you're the only the only person that could ever make me try vegan food <laughs> <laughs> like whatever works <laughs> you know that's my brand of activism <laughs> like you know I won't tell you how wrong meat is I will show you how good plants are. <laughs> that's, that's the way I like doing things it's it's surprising and you know seeing what you can yeah the the things you can create so I'm at the moment I've got I'm, I kind of create recipes in my head and I bake it in my mind and i and Mm -hmm. then what and so there's a drink over here called lilt like a soft drink and i don't know what the closest would be in the states but it's pineapple and grapefruit soda Mm -hmm. and i made a custard powder and made grapefruit custard with it a while ago and i was like oh i wonder if that would work as a like a pastry custard you know like make a pastry make this custard inside like a creme patissia and then I was like oh I could yeah and then I could put pineapple in that oh "Oh," and then I could put brown sugar on that (laughs) blow torch it oh and I could make the pastry out of coconut (laughs) and it just becomes this thing in my mind that I have to then do otherwise it will not leave me alone it's like hey child make me you're supposed to make me you
1: right (laughs)
2: So, all right, I'll make you so you can shut up and leave me alone at three in the morning.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm now I'm getting the understanding of why you named it chaotic when you used the word chaotic. So I'm like, am thinking here, yeah, yeah, like you know, she's like, yeah, well, I put this together, I put that, and I'm like, that's another of... locked together. So it's, now I see where you got the name chaotic with it. I, I like that. I really like that
2: yeah it's kind of as I was editing uh it it just became you know I don't plan anything I just start filming turn the camera on see what happens but then like so I made this uh chocolate and chestnut uh was it yeah chocolate and chestnut sweet potato tart for Christmas my oven died in the middle of it (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thing. after the next after the next after the next all went wrong and it's just starts. something dies in my you know some appliance or another dies at least once a month you know it's yeah. just but then it's about sidestepping it and then kind of rolling with the punches and like okay yeah. it, uh, and it's yeah it just, it's not polished it's not clean it's not planned and precise it's very just bosh it on and see what happens and kind of learn, you know, it's like the first time often that I'll do something. So if something goes wrong, I'll explain what I think has happened and how I think you could fix it. Right. And again, I think when I watch TV cooks, they just put this in. I'm like, okay, yeah, but why? Why are you doing that? What right. what what is that bring to the dish? Why so I try and do that as well. I try and explain. Well, this is a thickening agent, and you know, and all this is a rising agent, or you know, you need to balance the heat with some sweetness, and you know, just always try and and uh, you know, and, and explain, describe why I'm doing things. And if I can't, I'll apologize. You know, I'm, I don't know why I'm putting this in here, but I am. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it's just it's just instinctive. Um, but yeah, it's just trying to be. Uh, Just approachable, you know, Mm because I want people to think: Look, if this woman can do all, (laughs) can create that amount of havoc, and still have a tasty dish, maybe I can do (laughs) it. She can do it. (laughs) I can do it.
0: (laughs) So, do I see a cookbook in the near future? Is that is that what you're reaching for?
2: Yeah, that would it would be a lot of fun. I think the process of it and. Uh, like I would love to I, you know I, how you plan things in your mind and well how would that look you know like I've planned my kitchen of my dreams in my head but yeah so a cookbook I think it would be fun to to learn about different ingredients and maybe have mm-hmm. you know one chapter on right on gelling agents mm-hmm. you know another on butter substitutes and and you know research the the ingredients and then really yeah. kind of lay it out and cross-link everything because I do love a, you know that sort of <laughs> well you know at <laughs> To five seven and nine but you know and then just and and have it as a diary almost you know so sort of making notes and yeah just exploring foods and and how you can get the the things you're after the, the you know but without the suffering <laughs> right. be, yeah. you, know, just, you know it's because it, for me it's I'm, I'm constantly surprised at what you can do with plants you know like mm. to the point that i you wouldn't know or you wouldn't even care that that hasn't got butter in it or it hasn't got eggs in it, it well this is actually nicer than some of the the kind of animal containing stuff i've had and that's wow that's exciting
1: mm. wow i like that i'm i'm gonna be definitely checking up on you like when your book is coming out because i want yes. Yay! <laughs> so Rachel is there anything you would like to express or share before we close
2: I think um if you're curious about what sex workers want and need we need to start asking sex workers instead of creating these bills and these laws and these regulations without consulting with sex workers and I am not here to speak for present day sex workers, I'm just here to say, listen to these people and listen to my experience as outdated as it is. We we don't all suit your narrative of being broken and abused and exploited individuals. So let's just listen to other people and what they need. And even if you really want to get rid of sex work, then you need to get rid of work because it goes hand in hand. Some and banning sex work isn't going to do anything except make it more and more and more dangerous. The same as the mm-hmm. war on drugs. Banning just and prohibition doesn't work. It just creates more harm and more damage and creates bigger yeah. and bigger rules that we feel, you know, so the cannabis is illegal, completely illegal in the UK. So they've now, we have, a, it's called Spice. It's a synthetic cannabis and people are dying from it. You know it's really really messing them up uh, and it's like the the solution is so simple you know decriminalize or slash legalize in when it's around drugs you know is the only way a progressive society can can move forward we need to start looking at things in a wholly different approach to to the last you know s- several decades really of of, of, of trying to tell people what to do with their bodies because it doesn't end well. We don't like being told no. Same with this, people kicking off about the mask mandates. You know, even though it's it's right. thought could prevent this pretty catastrophic illness, we still don't like. Oh, I don't want to wear a mask. It's my freedom. You know, it's we just don't like being told what not to do. It's it's just so let's let's be a bit more. Yeah, forward thinking, open-minded, respectful, you know, start inviting sex workers into the room if you want to relegate their bo- regulate their bodies. Mm.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Rachel, for coming on today and being transparent, being open. Um, I know, you know, your past of, you know, being um, an actor in a porn store has to be hard for you to just openly share. Um vulnerable places of your past in your life. And I sincerely appreciate you um, taking the courage to come on today.
2: Thank you. Uh,
0: there was a part that was like, I can't have her on my podcast. And I was like, no, I can because she has a voice and people need to hear what's going on behind closed doors. A lot of people don't necessarily know the details of everything and people are mm-hmm. so quick to judge. And I didn't want anyone else beside you. I mean, you're a perfect example and um give you the opportunity to just share your story and where you're at now with this cooking show. And I, I believe it's gonna blow up. I believe you're gonna have a book that's gonna yes. sell. You're gonna make more money than you did in that industry. And
1: be-
0: I'm rooting for that. <laughs> I'm definitely rooting for that because seeing who you are now. Your your past does not define who you are now. And I appreciate you coming on today and sharing your story. Um, I also, we do have a comment uh, from uh, Queen Luz that said, you definitely are brave. Thank you for sharing. People definitely need to hear these things. And you definitely helping people out by sharing your side. So well,
2: thank we you, appreciate That's very kind you to say today. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me on and for and forgive me that you know the platform and the space to speak uh, without uh, you know we were talking before and a lot of the documentaries on netflix and on the bbc that they, they have a, an agenda and they have a very yeah. set angle and they you know edit and push things into the way they want and it's not always the truth mm-hmm. so there's a lot of misinformation out there so anything i can do to to help dispel some of that um, and to start creating a, a different future for the younger generations—not uh, only, you know, only my, not only myself and my peers immediately, but you know, in, in decades, years to come, let's let's not still be having the same quarrels and mm-hmm. nonsense that we're going through now, because it's just so silly, and there's just such much more important things to focus on out there. I think than you know the moralizing that a lot of us do.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, thank you so much Rachel um, for sharing your story and educating us. Um, We have one question that we ask all our guest speakers. What makes you uncommon?
2: Sticking my head above the parapet (laughs) because I could have walked away and just kept Mm -hmm. quiet. But I uh, I, I, I did a lecture uh, in London, talking about my experiences and before the run up to i'd convinced myself that someone's gonna come and throw acid in my face like really Um, panic attack kind of i did it anyway because it has to be done as terrifying as it is and as destabilizing as it is psychologically it just it has to be done and i i can't live with myself and not carrying out carry my responsibility you know if i if people seem to engage with me when i speak and they seem to really come away from interactions thinking i need to find out more about that so i feel like a duty uh, like a, a weight that i have to carry forward and mm-hmm. and hopefully lead to to change mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. i like that yeah. change
0: you are the change you're the voice for the change
2: mm-hmm.
0: i agree
1: Well, thank you again and thank you for our followers for coming on this evening and listening in and also um, being educated. Um, I would like to speak on our clothes. You guys have to come check them out. Um, We even got some nice little summer t-shirts because you know, summertime is coming around, you know, and some uh, in our men's apparel as well. Um, You have to go to www.uncommonwomen.net if you have any topics any potential speakers, or if you want to be a potential speaker, you also have to go back into the website, again, Um, Next week's speaker will be, uh, we'll we be recording next uh, June 10th, and she will be sharing her testimony. And as well, before I forget, make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube, okay? And if you missed uh just in case if you didn't come on, you can go on there, watch uh check out her video again. <laughs> and you definitely gotta check out her video again because it, this is this is very important and it's a great education. And stay on everybody. Bye-bye.